0: Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Well, hello, and welcome back to Ayers on the Road. We're so excited to talk today.
1: It is really fun to get up in the morning and do Ayers on the Road. And you know, we have been on the physical road back and forth to Bear Lake a little bit this last week or two. And it's interesting, Linda, that, um, you know, we, we named this, this podcast 10 years ago when we started it. We named it Ayers on the Road. Actually, our producer did then because we were always calling in from somewhere else. And the most exciting part of the show would be, where are you today? And we were in airports sometimes or on airplanes or doing things. We were speaking ex- extensively. I almost said excessively. it kind of
0: was <laughs> excessively, looking back.
1: And now we're, our life's a little more relaxed and um, we're kind of hanging out. And we've had a, a week or two now where we've basically just been at home and trying to get ready for our, our reunion this summer and It reminds me, remember that one time we were speaking to a group and the other speaker, boy, I wish I could remember the details, but she was a Holocaust survivor. And the theme of her talk was a quiet evening at home.
0: thing that she yearned for more than anything else when she was in the concentration camp was a quiet evening at home. And that is such a good thing to think
1: about. We were thinking how often when we're just at home and not doing anything, we're a little bored or we're antsy, we want to get out and do things and so on. But to her, the most beautiful thing in the world was just a quiet evening at home.
0: I know, and we still don't have very many of those. We should appreciate that every single time we do.
1: Well, we've kind of had a quiet couple of weeks, and so it's been good to be home. We got back from Costa Rica, where we were with some of our children. And since then, we've been around. I've got to leave this next week um, to go to play in the National Grass Court Tennis Tournament.
0: How about that? He, these, these, you know that if you've been listening, you know that we were in Laguna beach recently for a national hardcore, hardcore tennis. But um, I have finally come to the point where I like, uh, no, I have other things <laughs> to do in my life besides go from tennis um, tournament to tennis tournament. But oh, it'll be it'll be fun. I'll get a lot done and you will, too.
1: We're laughing because way back in the dim days when we were courting and when we got married. My pledge was to Linda, I'm going to teach you how to play tennis. You're going to be my mixed doubles partner. And, and your pledge to me was, I'm going to teach you to play the cello so we can have string music together with my violin. And uh, we kind of failed at those. You no, know, I have
0: to say, we had a little family <laughs> orchestra when our kids were little. We got them out every day up at Bear Lake. We practiced every morning. And uh, <laughs> We, it was very simple, but we did it. So I don't think we've done any mixed doubles though.
1: Well, you, you, um, here's the, here's the good news. Yeah. You have become an amazing tennis fan. I mean, you are, you're like just incredible. You I follow love tennis.
0: Yeah. tennis, I and,
1: and I have become a, we, you know, our condo downtown here is right across from Symphony Hall and we go to the Utah symphony as often as we can. In other words, you've made me a classical music fan. I've made you a tennis fan, but we never actually learned to do those things.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> but it, is, it has been fun to um, contemplate that. Um, we have really enjoyed um, trying to teach each other, and it really has been a kind <laughs> of a hilarious journey. <laughs>
1: well, we enjoy just hanging out. So, hey, today it's the second week of the month and as is our tradition on ours on the road, we're going to focus on grandparenting. Now, quick, before you who are not grandparents tune out or decide to stop listening, remember this whole effort that we're trying to make is a three-generation family and how parents and grandparents can work together. In the best interest of their children, they create a team. It takes a village to raise a child. It takes a, it takes an extended family to raise a child in today's world. And, and
0: and I have to say that we are kind of doing an exciting thing. And we, if, if you've been listening, you know what it is. We're going to start really delving into grandparenting. Not so much on this show, but we're going to do a zoom um, a zoom meeting once a month. Uh, the next six months starting in September, but it really is so interesting because this is kind of become the next focus of our lives. We've had so much fun gallivanting all over the world, but we have realized that the most fun we've probably ever had is with these (laughs) grandchildren.
1: Well, COVID for us was a gear shift. I mean, we decided, okay, we're done writing parenting books. We're too old for that. We're done Traveling all the time, speaking to parent groups, let's make the shift to grandparents because we always do best with the things that we're focused on at the time. And man, oh man, are we ever focused on grandparenting? You know, <laughs> there was a survey done by a life insurance company on, on on aging and so on. And one of the questions was, What is the biggest pleasure in your life right now? And like 80% of people over 65 said it's when I'm with my grand my grandkids. Yeah. I mean, grandkids are the most delightful part of our lives and yet it is just not always an easy thing to know how to form an individual relationship with each grandchild and how to be active and proactive and give a lot to those grandkids without stepping on the toes of the parents. Right. And without, you know, usurping a stewardship that isn't really yours.
0: Right. Exactly. And there are different kinds of fun. We've been up at the lake uh, over Memorial Day a little bit ago uh, with a bunch of grandkids. And um, we, it's a big job to open up the lake every year. We have a place up there and they enjoy it all summer. And uh, But the first of the year we say, okay, now it's time for you to help. And uh, we gave them each a little work job. We had a list. Um, one was an in-house job. One was an outside house job. And they were so great. They just really grabbed it. I don't know. They might have been grumbling under their breath, but it was before the sun really was hot or anything. But it was really fun to see them. You know, some of them like, okay, Been there, done that, done, done, done. And then there's like, no, look at all these weeds. We've got to keep going. We've got to keep going. It's so fun to see their different personalities and how they deal with work.
1: Well, and we try to, we try to, this is something we're suggesting now to every grandparent we come in contact with is ask the parents, ask your children, the parents. What is it you need my help with on the kids? I mean, let 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 the parents be in charge. You be the one that supplements. And one of the things our kids always say to us is, "We'll teach them how to work."
0: Right, (laughs) and they want them to do that. It it is
1: it is a little different when you, as a grandparent, try to get a grandchild to help you with something or do some work or maybe even pay him to do a little job that you need done or whatever. It's a little different than when the parent asks. I mean, there's. we're learning more and more the grandparent relationship with a child is very different than the parent.
0: Well, I do have to say that when they were all the kids were little, um, part of our Grammy camp, which we'll mention a little bit later, um, was that they had to go out and work for a while. And it was so funny because I paid them a penny for every weed (laughs) that they could get. And then at the end of the uh, two hours or whatever it was that we did, um, we went down to the dollar store. And they bought what they, <laughs> what they really wanted with their hard-earned money. But it really is interesting to see how different kids work. My mother and father were farm people, and they grew up working. Work was their ethic. And so that's what my ethic became, too. And so now I'm trying to pass on to the kids to successfully in some ways and not in others.
1: By the way, I just have to tell you, Linda, you look really nice today. Usually we do this this uh, this podcast, you know, it's in the morning when we record it and we get out of bed and sometimes we're still in our pajamas and so on. <laughs> we're always grateful it's audio and not video because maybe we haven't combed our hair. But you look really nice. Today. And the reason is we're leaving from here to go down and do a, a segment on Good Things Utah, which is a local talk show about grandparenting and it gets back to the point you made we've really shifted gears i mean what we're writing now what we're publishing the articles we're doing the speeches we're giving more and more and more there on grandparenting and it's so interesting that grandparenting is really becoming a thing right now i mean think of the word grandparenting that's not a word you use every day. Grandparenting, grandparenting, that doesn't roll off the tongue or that's not a commonly used word. But, you know, if you go back 60 years ago or so, um, parenting was not a word. You know, there were parents, yeah. but but there was no one saying parenting. It wasn't like this skill or this thing you worked on or this thing you developed or this thing you tried to get better at and so on. It was just something you did. And, and you sort of felt your way along. There weren't parenting books. Really, the first parenting book that really was a, a thing was a book by Dr. Spock called Baby and Child Care about 60 years ago, maybe a little more than that now. And now look, I mean, now you go in a bookstore and there's a section, there's hundreds, there's thousands of parenting books. And there's websites, and there's podcasts, and there's so many things. And we think that, we think it's recycling. And now the same thing is happening with grandparenting. People are are saying, hey, I'm a grandparent now. What do I do? I mean, you know, what's my role? Where do I fit in? How do I do it? How do I approach it? How do I... Not do it in a way that offends my children. There's so many questions.
0: Yeah, the best way to do that is carry around some duct tape. And so that when you have the urge to give advice or tell them what you think they should be doing, just get out the duct tape and put it over your mouth. I I carry mine for Richard because he has a tendency to blurt that out once in a while. But it really is so interesting that when my parents age, and boy, this is a long time ago, when they were having children, it was to help with the farm because they came from farm. And it was kind of disappointing when they got a girl because the girls couldn't work like the boys. Now, that is really hilarious because actually... My sister and I turned out to be pretty good workers. But
1: well, you were driving tractors when you were eight, eight years old. Well,
0: trucks, and then we graduated tractors by 12.
1: <clears throat> but, you know, speaking of that, honey, the summer, you know, we're in June now. Summer is coming for a lot of grandparents, for a lot of families. Summer is the the time when you spend the most time together. Maybe it's the time you have a reunion or a gathering or get-togethers. Kids are out of school. There's often opportunities to take a road trip or to be together. And we're gonna spend the second half of the show today talking about what can grandparents do during the summer to sort of give a kickstart to their relationship with their grandkids, to sort of reinvent what kind of a um, interaction and communication and relationship they wanna have with these grandchildren proactive grandparenting, being deliberate about it, trying to work together as a team with the parents, have the parents tell you as a grandparent what they need your help on, what they'd like your help on. We're gonna talk about some specific ideas of things you can do during the summer that will sort of lift your grandparenting or your three-generation family, if you will, to a new level.
0: Yeah, we're looking forward to that. So hang on for a bit because we'll be right back with some really uh, interesting, crazy, exciting ideas.
1: Be right back.
0: Welcome back to Ayer's On The Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. It's always an exciting topic. Um, We have such a wide range of grandparents or grandchildren right now from 10 months to 25. Our oldest just turned 25. And so every age in between, some are in the depths of college, some are in the depths of high school. Well, they're just finishing their high school year and college year. And some are parents are crazy, going nutty because their kids are driving crazy. These four little kids In fact, our youngest daughter, Charity, and her husband, Ian, who we've talked about a bit, they just returned from living in London for six months. He's a professor at BYU, and they decided to go back to their playground, which was (laughs) Europe, uh, for the summer, well, for uh, about a month. So um, they took off with a five-year-old, three-year-old, both of which are very rambunctious, and two twins, 18-month-old twins, a boy and a girl. So we um, just heard from them the other day that uh, Ian was, had a fever of 104, um, was throwing up violently, and his limbs were starting to go numb. Um, that is not good news when you when are in Italy, the mountains uh, of Italy.
1: A long way from medical care, but he's fine. He was just a of food poisoning. But, you know, Linda, when you said earlier that we're starting these Zoom seminars on grandparenting, By the way, well, so I don't forget to mention it, just go to grandparenting101.com, all strung together, grandparenting101.com, and you'll see this Zoom seminar, which we invite all of you to attend and to be a part of, but as we're putting it together, we're just thinking about how amazing it is that there are so many good ideas for grandparenting and tips that people have passed on to us, and we want to repackage them and pass them on to you. It's like, why rediscover the wheel? Why not look at the best practices of other grandparents and then say, wow, that's something I could do. That's a, that's a thing I could do. And so coming to that, Linda, what do you, we got the summer coming up now. If you were to uh, I'm putting you on the spot because we haven't talked about this before but if you had to come up with like three or four things that a grandparent or grandmom or a granddad could really focus on this summer in turning over a new leaf trying to become a more proactive deliberate helpful grandparent what what do you think what could be what what should be the goals or the the effort or the, the thing we try to do maybe sometime during the summer to get that going?
0: Well, I'll, I'll start it off by saying, of course, unconditional love and that they feel that love. Sometimes we know that we love our grandchildren, but how often do we say, I just love you. I just think you are so awesome. I mean, how many feel that you, they are your favorite. I mean, that's, is that the goal to figure out how to make them feel like they are the favorite grandchild and in fact, the other day, one of our little um, sister siblings of another one said, I know that, well, what's his name, is the other, it is your favorite <laughs> grandchild. I said, oh, who told you that? I've never said that. Anyway, and it so really she is. She did.
1: She told me you were your favorite, she, right?
0: <laughs> she did, yeah. But so, anyway, it really is important well, to well, it feel is, that love.
1: It me. is true. that I mean, you, as a grandparent, you're released from all the hard jobs of disciplining the child, of getting where they need to be, of teaching him this, of teaching him that, of being the taxi, of being the steward on so many things. Well,
0: not completely because we always help.
1: We always help, but that's the thing. You can just give that kind of unconditional love. You don't have to be the disciplinarian. You can be the cheerleader. You can be the champion of that grandchild. And there's something really beautiful about the generation one and generation three relationship because it's just it can be positive all the time, much more so than a parenting one can. So, I think that's a great thing. I would say, one thing if you want a goal for the summer, and you're great at this, Linda, but have the goal of sort of intensifying your individual relationship with each grandchild. Sometimes we think of grandparenting as, you know, a a collective thing. We've got these eight grandkids or we've got these five grandkids or we've got these 15 grandkids and we just like to do things with them all together. We think of them all as our sort of common universe of grandkids, but each one is so individual and so unique. And one thing you do so well and uh, you go on individual Grammy dates with them. And tell a little about that and why that's so important and why it's that individual one-on-one relationship that matters most in grandparenting. You
0: know, it is so important to figure out who they really are. They just, life happens, you know, and they're going their way and you're going yours. But if you just have one hour or 45 minutes even to take them out to lunch or breakfast,
1: is that and what you just, usually do? Go to lunch? Yeah. Or a, because then you can sit there and you're across the table and you yeah. can really talk. Well,
0: if not with a three year old, but no. you know, um, yeah. But the middle aged kids, it is. I learn so much in forty five minutes. Um, you have a lot of questions. Do you
1: bring a list of questions that you want to? Ask I, I do each sometimes. Of?
0: Sometimes I actually read them off my phone, but sometimes I'm just curious about what they're doing.
1: And do you right take now, notes kind of on, on what they, on they say?
0: Uh, yes, I do. And um, sometimes uh, it's so interesting. I say, what do you love best? Sometimes I say, what do you love best about your mom? And then what really bugs you about your mom? And it's Ooh, so enlightening. A dangerous, It's a it? little bit dangerous, but then I usually tell the parents what they say, <laughs> because, <laughs> because I think it's good for them. And I mean, unless it's something really serious, but I, I mean, and tell me about your friends. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? It really is interesting. Even I try really to do, shy I
1: try to do the same thing. I'm not as good as, as you but I I usually start off and by the way you know you you if you if the two of you if you're a couple, if you're grandparents and you take one child, on a, on a date or on a, to lunch or something that that's good. But sometimes it, the balance is a little funny. They feel a little ganged up on you. You end up doing all the talking. If you're one-on-one, yeah, yeah. it seems to work better. And I always say, what are your, I start, I make a list. I have some notes and I say, what's your favorite song? What's your favorite movie? Who's your best friend right now? And I'm just kind of warming them up. I'm getting them thinking and I'm learning about them And then I move into things like, what are you worried about right now? And what are you, what's the, what's the thing you're looking forward to most and And, and, just give them this feeling of how interested you are in them as an individual and how, how important what they're doing is to you.
0: Well, you've probably heard us tell this story before somewhere in the past, but since you probably don't listen every week, we can mention it again. Um, one question I know you ask one of our granddaughters is what is something you would never do? What would you never
1: do? Well, I, that was, I have to admit that was a little, you know, I, I get manipulative if I'm not careful. And I wanted to say, what, what's one thing you're sure you'll do sometime in your life? And I'm, I'm like fishing for. Oh, I'm going to go to college. Well, I'm going to do this. Well, I'm going to do that. And then, what is one thing you're sure you'll never do? And I'm hoping it's like I'm not going to get drunk or I'm not going to do drugs, drugs or yeah, any of that stuff. You got to be careful not to be too manipulative. But but one of the things that's so great about grandkids, they will surprise you and they will yeah. entertain you. So I said that to this little girl who I think was like. By seven, maybe. Oh, no,
0: she was like 10. Do you think 10 she was 11? that old? Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe
1: she was that old. And uh, Eliza is her name, by the way. If you're listening, Eliza, cover up your ears. <laughs> but I said, What's one thing you're pretty sure you'll never do, Eliza? And she said, I will never ride a bike naked in public. <laughs> I'm like, What? <laughs> she said, Well, we were in San Francisco and there was a parade, and there was then she. <laughs>
0: And <laughs> I can't believe that I saw people going by on bikes. Maybe. And
1: I decided right then I will never, ever do that. So, <laughs> so they're so fun. They'll entertain you so much. But I would suggest one of your goals this summer, along with the unconditional love Linda mentioned, is to really work on these individual relationships with your grandkids. Have a... Have a notebook. It's, they like seeing you write notes on what they're saying. They, they, th- they say, wow, this is real, real interest. Yeah. Second thing I'd suggest that I know you, you, really more your idea than mine, honey, is have a meeting this summer with your children about the grandchildren. Take your kids to dinner and say, hey, we want to be better grandparents how can we help you? We want you to know you. We understand you're the parent. You're in charge. We're not in charge. Right. We don't want to ever step on your toes. We don't want to ever overstep, but we do want to help. Where would you like us to help? Where, well, and, and then start talking about the grandkids. Talk about each one. They're not there. You're just with the parents. Tell us what is going on with that child. Give us your we and 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 take notes. Think about that. Become. Better educated on your grandkids by asking questions and listening to your children tell what they're worried about, what they're proud of, what's going on.
0: And, you know, it's even more important if you have a single mom or a single dad, because that is they really are desperate for help. And uh, you have to do it in a way that it doesn't overstep. And you just know we just want to help. And we want to stay out of things that you don't want us involved in. And it's pretty interesting. They, we found that they're pretty open.
1: Yeah, they really say, are. This
0: is good, but please don't do this.
1: Now, just to clarify, this is not if you've got three or four children, this is not a meeting with all of them at once. This is one family at a time. And, and you know, right. make it a special yeah. night. You, you, you take them to dinner and just talk about those kids and give your kids the feeling that that, you know they're in charge, they're the stewards over those children, you just want to help, you want to be supportive, you want to understand what their goals are with their children and how you can help can be a wonderful discussion. And you can come out of it with this teamwork feeling with your own children that we're, we're, we're in this together. We're a team that's trying to help make life good both now and in the future for for these children that we're we're the grandparents of and that you're the parents of.
0: Well, part of that is just taking time to do it because they're busy. Your children are busy. We're busy. And just making it, we find it hard to see our married grandchildren because they're so busy and we're so busy. It's just a matter of finding a time when you can actually do that.
1: I think maybe a third thing I would throw out and then be thinking what else you would say to grandparents who are going to try to maybe make, we're we're sort of challenging you today. We're sort of saying, make this summer of 2022 a time when you ratchet it up a notch in terms of how much effort you're putting into grandparenting and how much focus you're putting on knowing each of those grandkids and trying to be a difference maker in their lives. And maybe especially just
0: because we're finally getting past COVID.
1: And and they have
0: been so isolated for so long. And sometimes you just get into habits of just being isolated yourself. I was just talking to somebody yesterday. They said, it's hard for me now to go out and be social. I'm just not as social as I was before. I don't correspond with my kids as much as I'd like to because you couldn't for so long.
1: And that, that sort of leads to this third thing I wanted to mention of gathering. I mean, you, as a grandparent, you are the one who it falls to to really have a family reunion or have a camping trip or have some kind of a get together. And it doesn't have to be elaborate. Ours have grown over the years where they're really elaborate and, you know, one of our kids rotate each, each year, different one's in charge. And some of you have very involved reunions like that. Others of you, especially if you're new as a grandparent and you, you're just trying to establish rituals or patterns or traditions, what kind of gathering can you have that'll work for you where, where you get, you know, if you've got more than one child and more than one grandchild, how can you get them all together? What would work? Sometimes families are so distant that the best thing you can have is a is a virtual gathering, a Zoom call where you're all together.
0: Yeah, which is one thing we've learned from COVID. I think that's the very best result of COVID. We've learned that we can communicate, even though you can't be face to face. It really is important and and with families as well.
1: But when you do these gatherings, that's you know, little kids have the capacity to understand what a family is and how ancestors also are involved and so on. And so make it part of your gathering to tell little stories about your parents and grandparents, who are these kids' great and great-great-grandparents. Maybe have a family tree of some kind where the pictures of these ancestors are on the roots of this tree and the, the children are the grandchildren are the limbs and branches and tell those stories, tie it together. Because Linda, as we know, a lot of studies now show that how resilient and how, uh, how much identity a child has really relates to how much they know. Not only about you as their grandparents, but about your parents, their where they came grandparents from, yeah. and back two or three generations. Tell those kind of stories. At these gatherings,
0: yeah, even if if one of them was a horse thief, you know, it's really <laughs> it's good to share with these kids where they come from, and um, how you can correct mistakes, or you can uh, really enjoy feeling that you know these people and that they're part of them, part of, in their blood, in their system.
1: So we've really just touched the tip of the iceberg, but but we do challenge you if you're a grandparent or if you're a parent, you can initiate this, you can get this going with your parents, but we challenge you to make this summer of 2022 a time when you really focus on and think about this amazing role of grandparents. Some of you will be grandparents for 40 years, no time like now about really getting into it and getting started. And the obvious reason, other than the help you can give your grandkids, is they will be your legacy. They'll be mm-hmm. the only legacy yeah. you really have.
0: How do they? How do you want them to remember you? Yeah. Uh, hopefully, with love and appreciation. So, we have that's just a few suggestions. Um, but we love being with you, and we hope that we've given you something to think about today. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time on Iris on the Road.
1: See you then. Bye bye.